This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, February 28, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. Some state attorneys general have opted not to defend in court laws that prohibit same-sex marriage after the recent Windsor Supreme Court decision. And that may appear to put two important values into conflict. Walter Olson, a senior fellow at the Cato Institute, sorts out the issue. The Virginia AG recently said he would not argue in favor of a law banning same-sex marriage in Virginia because he thought it was unconstitutional. He thought it violated the federal constitution, yeah. So, but, but in making that argument, he's in some sense violating the terms of his job, arguably, which is to defend the law. You've got two very powerful principles colliding with each other here. And one of them is the role that we expect of lawyers and the role that the legal profession expects of its members, which is uh, every cause should have an advocate. Uh, Every client should have a lawyer uh, willing to defend uh, the client's interests. And that's the job description on the face of it of the attorney general of the state of Virginia. So that's the one principle. The other side is uh, every public official, including the Virginia attorney general, takes an oath of office, not just an oath to uphold the Virginia constitution, but an oath to defend the U.S. constitution. And if you push a legal position that uh, is uh, trying to preserve an unconstitutional practice, you might have violated your oath to uphold the U.S. Constitution. Now, this is separate and distinct from the idea of enforcement. Yes, it is different. And you might think on the surface that if a state were going to view a a law as unconstitutional, it would have to stop enforcing it as well as uh, send its lawyer to to argue or not argue that position in court. But uh, they separate the two all the time, partly for practical reasons. Sometimes um, you know that if you suspend a law you think is unconstitutional, you're going to get practical chaos for a while. Uh, It's easier to just go to court and wait for a decisive ruling on it. Eric Holder has given his blessing to these attorneys general who might wish to do exactly that. Eric Holder weighed in on Monday, and whether it was his place to weigh in or not is an interesting question. But Eric Holder, who, um, of course, is the attorney general at the federal level, uh, expressed his opinion that his counterparts at the state level uh, were perfectly within their rights to analyze bills, um, uh, decide whether they were unconstitutional, and uh, failed to defend them or refused to defend them if uh, they didn't see them as unconstitutional. And this is um, this issue has now been roiling for several weeks. Uh, about six attorneys general, all of them Democrats, have refused to defend their state's laws against same-sex marriage. Um, a bunch of other Democratic uh, attorneys general, plus all the Republicans, uh, have been willing to defend their states. And. It's an interesting question. It didn't just come up for this uh, particular controversy that lawyers have been arguing for a long, long time about whether or not uh, uh, they were obliged to defend unconstitutional laws as as, as attorney general. And uh, a lot of people have switched positions in the last few weeks because uh, only 
uh, for example, uh, not too long ago, like a year ago, um, Mark Herring's predecessor as Attorney General of Virginia, Ken Cuccinelli, a big, big conservative, uh, was faced with the issue of whether to defend an educational measure which he believed to be unconstitutional. And uh, he came out with a uh, you know, no-holds-barred statement. He, uh, he said, this is a purely legal issue. If the Attorney General's analysis shows that a law is unconstitutional, he has a legal obligation to not defend it, said Cuccinelli. Now, as you can imagine, a lot of people switched position between <laughs> then and now. People who uh, criticized Cuccinelli, Democrats who criticized Cuccinelli, now think it's okay for Herring to do that, and vice versa. Republicans who defended Cuccinelli then um, are, are critical of Herring. But uh, Antonin Scalia, for example, uh, uh, has expressed the same opinion. Uh, clearly, when laws are um, plainly or patently unconstitutional, um, there's a lot of good authority for not defending them. But that gets to the judgment question of how clear does it have to be? What if it's 98 percent likely to be struck down but not 100 percent? What if it's only 70 percent likely to be struck down? And is it subjective? Is it Mr. Herring's own personal view of how the Constitution should go? Or is it a matter of predicting what the U.S. Supreme Court will do? And that second question, what will the U.S. Supreme Court do, is something that's changed on the ground within really just weeks because um, not long ago at all, uh, people thought it was a very, very unsettled question uh, where the Supreme Court would co come down. Now we've had, what is it, six, eight fe uh, lower federal judges uh, uh, taking up challenges to the marriage laws of uh, Utah, uh, Texas, Kentucky, and other ones. And every single one of them has said that uh, this is unconstitutional under the new s standards laid out by Justice Kennedy. So <clears throat> the law has recognized this, but uh, practically it provides some compromise positions, which is what people usually take, because uh, it holds out for nearly everyone uh, the idea, if, if you think it's unclear, if you think it's am ambiguous, might not be struck down as unconstitutional, go ahead and defend it, uh, represent your client. Uh, that is the wiggle room that lawyers need if they are not to uh, suddenly be there one day and not there the other day uh, and become very unreliable public officials. Now, Eric Holder may not be the best person to be advising state AGs on the matter of arguing whether or not certain laws are constitutional or not because <laughs> at the very least, he's effectively decided that he doesn't have to enforce certain laws in certain states because they have – you know, the federal government is, has effectively stepped down and said we're, we're not enforcing these laws. It has nothing to do with constitutionality but – I mean there, there's a bunch of ways in which he may not uh, be – uh, one of, of a figure of magisterial persuasiveness on this issue. As far as predicting where the Supreme Court will come down, uh, the Obama administration has gotten absolutely pasted uh, it, it, at the Supreme Court the last couple of terms. It's uh, lost case after case after case, sometimes nine to zero on constitutional issues. And so, um, you know, he is putting his two cents in, but I think for most of the AGs, it's a matter of political cover. It's one more person defending them should they decide to um, take the inevitably controversial step of not defending their state. Is there a precedent at the federal level of a U.S. AG 
refusing to defend the law. I wish I had studied up on that before we began talking because I'm sure the issue has come up. Um, in general, uh, they will lean over backward because the culture of government lawyering is such that uh, it really is felt that the uh, client needs uh, a legal voice. And this you know, can lead to bad things because the government can ask for bad legal advice and, and, and get it. Uh, but the, um, uh, the professional culture, though, of uh, the U.S. De Department of Justice is one that definitely pulls that way. And elected state AGs, uh, politicians who may have come from somewhere other than a government law office and their next step may be to governor or somewhere else, they just don't buy in as much to the peer pressure of the legal profession. Walter Olson is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. You can follow his writings at overlawyer.com and cato.org.